0: On this week's episode, it's time to board the bullet train. Is there a future for the Orville? And what in the is going on at HBO Max? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. Multiverse. This is Gerald Glaser from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there that to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us a five star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, the Lakers Fast Break, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, because football is actually already here. Exhibition already started today as we're talking, and it's getting hot and heavy. So check out the latest news and information on the world of fantasy football right there at Inside Sports Fantasy Football coming up starting next week. And also as well, the great folks at Vampires and Vitae, great folks at Wizards and Wine with Wild Beyond the Witchlight, of course, all that we do for world of pop culture because we cover the latest news and trends of pop culture each and every single day right there at pop culture cosmos on facebook Ooh, fancy as melinda pops up in her new vacation home i will also mention as well we are the number one tabletop rpg streamer on facebook if you go ahead and check out all the hours upon hours upon hours of action right there on pop culture cosmos on facebook you'll see melinda going ahead and commanding the ship for her awesome Wizards and Wine with her Wild Beyond the Witchlight. Also as well, you've got the great folks at the Demolition Force on Mondays. Of course, Vampires and Vitae rocking in on Sundays. And of course, D.M. Mitch, he has not one but two great games on this weekend, every weekend right there at the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you could support all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my good friend calling in from her vacation home in wherever she wants to put it via virtual reality. Is a good friend indeed. You got to go ahead and check out what she's doing today at Vampires and wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, Wizards and Wine with the latest adventure while beyond the witchlight is my good friend. It is. Melinda Barkhouse, Ross and Melinda. A lot to talk about especially what's going on at HBO Max. They're up to something over there. Absolutely. It's going to be like a quiet week, I think, otherwise. But you know what? HBO said, no, no, no. Yeah, no. We've got to- yeah, exactly. No, no, no. They've got a lot of changes in store. We'll talk about when this merger, you will actually see it on the screen between Warner Brothers and Discovery. The major changes they made, the things that they kicked out, including a major cancellation that's got everybody in the DC universe. They're in an uproar right now. So we'll be going in and talking about all the things that are going on with HBO Max coming up here in a minute. let also as well, Bullet Train with Brad Pitt and Easter Sunday with Joe Coy. They debut at theaters this weekend. We'll talk about what their chances are might be right there coming up in a few the future of the Orville is now in question now that season three is done with the final episode that showcases this weekend. What will happen to the Orville? Will there be a season four? Does everybody out there want the season four? We'll tell you about the good and maybe not so good news that we're hearing about the Orville. That's coming up here in a bit as well. Plus also we're going to be covering Gen Con for all of you tabletop RPG fans and Evo for all you fighting game fans. We're going to preview that coming up later in the show. There's also as well, the native American community stands large with reservation dogs and prey. And I'll tell you why that is coming up in a bit. And of course, Hey, 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 Beavis and Budhead, they're back as a series and that I will go ahead and talk on the back end of the show as well. But first, Melinda, my gosh. HBO Max and Discovery. Recently, they made a changeover at the top as far as bringing new individuals in there. And the man up on top is really, right now, made some very bold decisions. J.B. Perrette, CEO and president of the Global Streaming and Interacting for Warner Brothers Discovery. He was the guy speaking out on what was going on as far as what they were reporting for the second quarter. And they lost a ton of cash i will say that the good news is that combined hbo discovery and hbo max gets around 92 million subscribers which is just up about 2 million subscribers since the last time that they had one of these conference calls but because of the merger costs because of all the costs of certain projects that they have outstanding They have lost somewhere in the neighborhood of 2 to $3 billion in lost revenue. Revenue that they thought they were going to make that they didn't make, plus also overall as far as revenue that they took in, just really a ton of money that's lost, really is something that is very disappointing for them. And the changes that they had to make were very costly indeed. First off, before we go into the cancellations of some very highly anticipated projects coming up that they canceled for various reasons. And I will go into that here in a bit. Your thoughts when you hear those staggering numbers about HBO Max, which right now their stock went down, I think as much as 12% earlier today. Your thoughts on the decline of HBO Max as far as their money, but there's still hope on the way for viewers because of what's coming up in the future for HBO Max and Discovery.
1: Yeah, so uh, HBO doesn't have a buzzworthy show right now. And there's no show that I can think of off the top of my head without a little bit of digging around that it goes, I got to remember to put on HBO later.
0: Be well, it- let me ask you, well, let me ask you this, the game of Thrones prequel that's coming up here in a couple of weeks. You've got uh, what Westworld, which I think, yeah, I, I could say Westworld is kind of part of declining returns because not a lot as many people are talking about that, but they had a lot of people with euphoria with the Lakers, Recent uh, series, Winning Time, which caused a lot of controversy. You've got Our Flag Means Death. You've got Tokyo Vice. There are some good shows there.
1: There is. Are they not all also available on HBO on cable?
0: Yeah, I guess if you can find them. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're, that's why the HBO and HBO Max thing is has worked out so far. They're basically, when you make a product for HBO Max or HBO, it's vice versa. They're going to appear on, on each other's platforms.
1: You think there should be some kind of exclusivity if you're going to worry about driving numbers?
0: Well, I think it's the difference between cable and streaming. They want to have their cable money still from HBO, from that long holdover, as far as you know, everybody that's still watching it on HBO out there. You know, when you go to a hotel somewhere around the world, it's got all those HBO channels, that's also money that they're taking in, plus you know, people that still have it on their cable uh, premium outlets and things of that nature. Then you have people that are buying into HBO Max as far as what was going on with streaming. Now in 2023, by the summer of 2023, as a viewer, you will see Discovery Plus and HBO Max fully merge into one entity in the summer 2023. That's the good news for fans out there who've been waiting for this kind of merging to happen. So at least there's some good news out of what Everything Bad came recently this week.
1: Okay. So like what, what else has been bad news? Because I know that like Ellen DeGeneres had a cartoon that was fully produced, finished, ready to go. And uh, they just canceled it. They were like, Nope, no, we don't need that. Thanks though.
0: And that leads into a lot of other things as well. That was canceled like Scoob, Mm. that holiday movie that they had, that was virtually finished the bad girl DC movie, which was the big news of everything that $90 million dollar, movie was in post-production and was already pretty much essentially a completed film that was ready to go and rock for HBO max. That was also shelved plus six other films that were already debuted or that already had been shown on HBO max and that were already currently on HBO max six movies, including moonshot. I think also saw American pickle and a few others. I think let me actually get you the list right now. Of of the ones that in question Moonshot, Superintelligence, The Witches that would remake the 2020 remake of The Witches, An American Pickle, Lockdown, and Charm City Kings were all the titles that were actually taken off very discreetly this week. And then the House Party reboot from LeBron James and Maverick Carter that was going to premiere at the end of July. That was also shelved as well, and that's not been released the reason why the movies were taken off and the movies that and series that were in production were also taken off, that were all finished and pretty much essentially ready to go, was because of certain tax loopholes and things that they could go ahead and do a markdown on. So essentially, you're talking about maybe $200 million, even more, that they can write down. All those movies that were out already that they canceled, that they took off there, they can get a partial markdown. But all the movies and television shows that they already spent money on, that they were ready to go, that they didn't showcase, and that they were intending never to showcase or sell off or anything like that, they get a, a, a complete write-off. Because I guess there's a window for them to go ahead and be able to do that because of this merger. And they're taking every advantage of it because of all the money that they've lost and the lost revenue that they lost over the last quarter. Absolutely,
1: and some of the information that I'm reading says that they're not focusing really on uh, live action kids show or family focused shows
0: or movies. Or- like the, the previous regime also had a focus on creating specific content for HBO Max, like HBO Max original movies and things of that nature. They're nixing that idea as well. That's why the Batgirl movie got shelved. Uh, part of part of the reason why the Batgirl movie got shelved as well.
1: Yeah, uh, so that that pretty much. You know, explains how they feel they're going to be able to recoup things, Uh, you know, a shift in focus, which explains, I guess, some of at least some of those cancellations at the last minute. Uh, You know, if you're if you're hemorrhaging money, which it sounds like they are, uh, you have to drastic, drastic actions must be taken. And all of these cuts and all of these shows that have been canceled, despite being completely finished, that's some pretty drastic stuff.
0: It is some pretty drastic stuff. I mean, it's it's such a shame, though, that you know, because we had spoken so highly about what we're seeing at HBO Max this year. HBO Max had evolved into something, especially because of the pandemic, where they started showcasing those day to date movies that they were showing, like Mortal Kombat, the the Kong movie that they showed day and date. Uh, you know, it, you know, right there on HBO Max, the Wonder Wonder Woman, the latest Wonder Woman eighty four. That was, even though that wasn't very critically received that was shown day and date first day on hbo max that really turned around a lot of people's opinions on it then this year they they got away from the day and date and they started putting out good series after good series after at least controversial series with winning time which got a lot of emmy acclaim they also call it euphoria which has gotten a lot of emmy acclaim again like i said earlier they've got you know uh tokyo vice which also got a lot of acclaim and at other shows as well that they were talking about, you know, that they, that they've actually put out there. I mean, they've got our flags mean our flag means death, which has gotten a lot of of great response from people out there. Things were looking really up in my eyes, HBO max, but after I see what this merger has cost them now, I'm not so sure.
1: Yeah. It's, 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 well, I mean, it's not entirely out of the realm of possibility that, This is a a boon for Discovery Plus and a hardship for HBO Max, at least at the beginning of this merger. It could be one of those situations where it was really, really great for one party. The other party has to eat a little bit of crow for a little while and then things will start to peter out. Maybe.
0: I'm hoping. well, Well, we'll see because next summer, again, at the final merger, it's all being done behind the scenes. There's going to be a lot more consolidation. There's going to be a lot more unfortunate layoffs that rumor to be bound and i'm assuming when you lose or when you're talking about billions of dollars being lost it really looks like there's going to be a lot of changes being made behind the scenes but when this becomes one full network hbo max and discovery plus become one big happy family one united channel for the combined efforts that's going to be happening in summer 2023 that's going to hopefully will provide a boost then but it's just I think, like you said, how much hemorrhaging are they going to continue to do until it gets that point next year?
1: Yeah. And, and really that's, that's what we're here for. We're here to keep an eye on that. And, uh, we'll let you know as things continue to change and evolve in that situation, because that's a, that's a pretty big one. It has the has possibility of, uh, of, uh, well being, I mean, it's already pretty severe, but it, uh, it has the potential to get to really, really bad for, you know, a little while, hopefully.
0: Yeah, it, only a little while, indeed. I'm hoping that that's the case because the fact, again, it is hemorrhaging right now. That's HBO Max Discovery. They're, like you said, hemorrhaging is a great word. They're hemorrhaging a great amount of money right now at, at HBO Max Discovery because of the merger that they did. And the fact is that a lot of this content that has been so costly to produce has not given them what they needed to, even though right now they're closing in as a combined entity up to a hundred million subscribers. So that's, that's at least the decent news is that they're as a combined by the time they next year, if the, the way that their trajectory trajectory holds by the time that they become one entity next year, they'll have around a, they'll have right at a hundred million or maybe a little bit above that a hundred million you, you know, subscribers that they can go ahead and base things off of. And they'll become even a more powerhouse, streaming network down the road but until then it's going to be some bumpy roads it's going to be some layoffs and there's going to be even more bad news probably coming down the pike for hbo max but yeah the Batgirl girl was a shocker because again it's already a done movie outside of some post-production that need to be done scoob the like you said the ellen degeneres uh, tv series the animated series and you have the house party reboot again you had scoob the holiday movie you had a whole bunch of these upcoming features that are were scrapped now for to be a tax write off and then you also had the six movies that were already on HBO Max that were taken off so that they could be a tax write off so yeah it's just a shame to see what's going on because there's a lot of people that were hopefully going to benefit from all these things and unfortunately that's not going to be the case any longer
1: yeah and and that is too bad but hopefully we're going to we'll get through the worst of it and I'm sure that we will we'll see HBO recoup because don't count them out quite yet. And no. I mean, they're, they're also not in the same position that I think the big red end gets to enjoy. Netflix gets the opportunity to throw a whole bunch of stuff at a dartboard. They get to see what sticks and then make more of that.
0: But even they caught themselves earlier this year when their projections slowed down and they realized because they've always been running with a massive debt. They've always yes. been around for years now, but they think because of the fact that they produce a lot, that it generates a lot, that they could go ahead and create a lot because of it. And they could go ahead and have this amount of debt because they've got all this other stuff that's offsetting it. Well, they found a slowdown that happened earlier this year and had to go ahead and make changes because of it. but. You know, Like I said, at some point in time, somebody's going to have to match content per content with Netflix in order to go ahead and surpass Netflix. And if there was anybody to do it, it looked to me like HBO Max on the horizon was somebody that could go ahead and compete or an entity that could go ahead and compete in the long term as far as content is concerned. But now I'm not so sure. At least that's going to be another year off, at least, because of the fact of what's going on right now as far as having to go ahead and restructure so much behind the scenes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Plan for the long game, not the short game.
0: It looks you know? like it. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So what is everyone's thoughts out there on the turmoil going on with HBO Max? If you are an HBO Max subscriber, are you concerned about continuing your subscription, fearing that some of your favorite shows and movies might be canceled, just like we've seen over the past few days? Please let us know your thoughts, especially the Batgirl movie that was actually done. Just in some post-production there. looked like it was going to be something that was going to be a good part of the DC slate. But as they said, the the head of HBO Max and all that, he said that, unfortunately, it just did not look like something that they were going to go ahead and fully support. So they gave that the axe. Although, again, the tax loophole considerations had to come in place there. But what are your thoughts on this current drama? And I mean drama at HBO Max. Let us know your thoughts pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com of course they could always go ahead and throw out enough game of thrones series 24 hours a day and there you go
1: they could throw money at uh, i don't know a podcast about vampires that i know and i bet you we could create a pretty decent show
0: but yes your thoughts on the situation going on with hbo max please let us know pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com
1: hey this is chad from ghost toasters and you're listening to pop culture cosmos podcast
0: Okay, wait, wait. I I can go invisible, right? Because this is this is the absolute worst. You can so,
1: certainly try.
0: Okay, so that is um, uh, that's uh, obver obvernation, Obvulation? Obver- <laughs> obver- it's
1: obfuscation. Roll your dice.
0: Okay so i didn't get anything over a five but that you
1: are still naked oh god the music stops and everyone is looking directly at you judging
0: oh god this is
1: the prince of the city looks very disappointed in you
0: okay this is worse than the dreams that i have about being naked at work there has to be something that i can do
1: vampires in invitae a vampire the masquerade actual play podcast season two to pop culture cosmos
0: well, there's still much more to talk about outside of HBO Discovery, HBO Max, what's going on in the world of pop culture. This weekend, well, it again, this this weekend might be, as far as for the theaters, for the movies out there, maybe one of the last decent weekends for a while that we might be having because nothing on the horizon until Black Adam looks like a, a decent thing that might be out there. Although I'm hoping I'm proven wrong. And maybe if there's some hype and some interest going on with some of these upcoming movies, maybe that's the case. But for right now, Brad Pitt and Bullet Train might be the last number one that gets close to a $30 million opening for a little while, because that's what it's projected to do right now. About $30 million here in the U.S., about hopefully $70 million to $100 million worldwide in this opening weekend. So your thoughts on Bullet Train? Brad Pitt just being his casual self, as he's going ahead with a whole bunch of fellow assassins. They realize they're there for something. They're there for to go ahead and go after a target. Then all of a sudden, they become the targets themselves.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued enough to. I mean, I don't know about go into a theater, but I'm intrigued enough to, to definitely have it on my radar of movies to watch. I, again, I, I, you know, I've said it before. I do love a good popcorn flick. I love a movie where I can sit down, turn my brain off, have a snack and just watch pretty people doing crazy things that I could never dream of doing in real life on the big screen. There's something enjoyable about that for me. And it's uh, just an opportunity to relax a little bit.
0: Then may I suggest the gray man? I would probably say the gray man fits that bill quite nicely. Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: that was a definitely,
0: that was a popcorn flick for me. That was true. Turn off my brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess what, as you would say, beautiful people doing beautiful things and with $200 million, the Russos directing, why not? But yes, yeah. I thought it was a, a for what it was, a, a nice popcorn flick. My issues with it were not to the point where I, I thought it detracted from the movie even though there was a little bit of mustache curling from Chris Evans and a little bit of, I'm just there to get a paycheck from Ron Gosling. But you know what? It worked. It was just a fun popcorn flick. So hopefully, hopefully everybody will get a chance to see it. I know it's scoring very well on Netflix right now, but yes, it is bullet train, another action thriller right now in the theaters and the other movie out right now in theaters that's debuting is from Filipino comedic legend, Joe Coy who is a standby on Netflix. I know his his comedy shows appear all the time on Netflix and other outlets. He's been a very successful comedian touring all over the world. And as a a member of the Filipino community, I know that the Filipino community has been hotly anticipating his movie that's coming out this weekend, Easter Sunday, even though (laughs) I wish it would have come out in April, probably would have been more timely, but about him and his, his pitfalls in dealing with his family as they prepare for Easter Sunday. Something, I, again, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to cross over somewhat in mainstream, not just the Filipino community supporting it, because I know he, he has a great base there, but he is extremely, an extremely, an extremely talented comedian. If you ever get a chance to watch one of his stand-up shows, it is, it is worth the time. He is extremely funny. He's one of the best out there. I'm hoping he'll get a chance to prove that he can do that just that well as a movie comedian as well.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've been seeing like one and a half and two minute long uh, clips from some of his uh, stand up comedy on TikTok recently.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, it's just kind of started to slowly trickle into my feed. And now I feel like every like fifth video I watch. Usually about his mom. Yeah, yeah, Uh, there's great stuff there, but very funny guy, super talented comedian. So I'm excited to see what we have coming from him.
0: Absolutely. I wish him all the success in the world, and I hope everybody gets a chance to support Easter Sunday as it hits theaters this weekend, plus also as well, Brad Pitt and Bullet Train. What are your thoughts out there? Do you think actually one or both of these movies will do well and surprise analysts out there and actually surprise audiences out there with a... Really good performance this weekend out in the theaters, both in the U.S. and abroad. Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, before we hit the break, my friend, I want to go ahead and talk about one last thing before we hit the break. And that's the Orville. The Orville Season 3 has come to a close Mm -hmm. with the final episode that actually debuted tonight as we're talking. And I'm not going to go ahead and say any spoilers for anyone out there because I don't want to, I actually haven't seen the episode yet. I'm going to go ahead and see it tomorrow, but it leads to a point where it's one of those episodes where a show that knows it might not have a future kind of made it to where it's, you know, not only a season ending, but a series ending show that you could say might be the ending of the series. But then again, it might be not, they left it kind of, closed but open if you understand what i'm trying to say
1: yeah the the door is closed but the window is
0: open something like that Yeah. yeah they they tied a lot of knots but they also kept some you know just in case it's it's extended i know that you had said before that it's a loving tribute to star trek I know that Brandon Braga, who is a major part of Star Trek The Next Generation, has been an executive producer along with Seth MacFarlane. This has been his creation. Actually, of all the projects, Seth MacFarlane has said he is uh, working on this show has been his finest uh, and most, uh, uh, I guess, uh, satisfying, even more so than anything he's done with with uh, Bob's Burgers or. American Dad, or of course, Family Guy, or any of the Ted, or any of the things that he's done in the past, that this is the most satisfying thing he's ever done. And it would be a shame if it ends on this note because the fact that it's now getting to the point where I'm actually, I've, I've been watching every episode. At first, I didn't know why I was watching the first season because it was really kind of clunky and kind of, uh, it didn't know what it wanted to be, but. Over the course of time, it it sends a lot of great positive messages. It sends a lot of messages on our community here. It tells a lot of stories that it wants to go ahead and communicate about the world around us, even though it's set in the future. And yes, it's a loving tribute to Star Trek all in the same time. But I think it has a future if it's allowed to do so. But the best news is, is that you have a chance to go ahead and sway that future out there, everyone, because next week it debuts on Disney plus all three seasons. It moves over from Hulu to Disney plus. So I want to hear your thoughts. Could a possibility of it doing well on Disney plus be the make or break for a season four of the Orb?
1: I have to admit to, uh, I'm still catching up with season three. So I think I'm five or six episodes in mm-hmm. and um, maybe I'm just remembering season two a little bit differently, but i um, I there I haven't had as many like laugh out loud comedic moments in season 3 as I did in the previous it's season. It's been
0: a lot heavier and I yeah. I think I made the comment off the air that this season has been more socially aware, social conscious, was trying to send home themes. It's been more yeah. serious in nature. Some of the themes that they've touched on in the first few episodes have been contemporary issues that we have in our everyday life today things that are people are on uh, two different sides over things that are in there as far as touching on subjects that i really think that are on the cusp of what we're talking about today and what we've been talking about in the days to come
1: yeah maybe that's what the difference is perhaps Um, it's been
0: heavy it's been very heavy
1: I have missed the laughter from the show. Not that I have any complaints about the season. Please don't mistake me there. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that I'm missing the comedy a little bit. Maybe that's just because I'm a Seth MacFarlane fan from Family Guy and American Dad and and all of those shows. So I've (laughs) perhaps become accustomed to Seth MacFarlane's humor. Uh, however, However you want to take that. But I've missed that beat in this season of The Orville so far. Not that it's a complaint, just an observation.
0: Well, again, he's been very out there as far as being an activist for many causes. And I know that's, mm-hmm. as far as the overall, I feel like it gives him this chance to go ahead and put that into his work, and more so than American Dad or more so than Family Guy. I think it allows him to go ahead, since he has full control as the executive producer, and I think that's something that he thinks about as far as what he wants to portray as a series. So I'm hoping that people won't find it too one way or the other, and that they'll just go ahead and enjoy it for what it is. And as part of science fiction, I think we need more space shows on the air that are decent. And I'm not saying this is good as Star Trek Strange New Worlds, because this is not even the ballpark. It's not even the zip code. It's an okay show. I'm going to leave it at that. I've stuck with it through three seasons now, and I would like to see it continue more. If I still want to see it, I think a lot of people, others, feel the same way as well.
1: It could be that, you know, the the strength of Trek is making perhaps the potential carry-on for the Orville a little bit more questionable. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a little bit too much of a Trek fangirl. I don't know.
0: What are your thoughts out there on the Orville? Do you want a future for the Orville like we do? Please let us know, bobculturecosmos at yahoo.com. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talk and Goodness. And this time we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, Holy Grails, playsets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that and of course our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show Season 2 exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. We're back with the back half of the show. It's Gerald Glassford along with Melinda Barkhouse-Ross. We're the PCC Multiverse. You gotta remember what we do each and every week right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. Plus, Melinda does some outstanding things right there as part of the number one tabletop rpg streamer out there on facebook and pray tell melinda what are you and your cohorts in crime up to each and every week right there for you at the pop culture cosmos well there's a couple of things
1: on sundays you can catch me as esther as part of the uh, cast for Vampires in Vitae. Um, Our characters just kind of had a sit down around a round table. And finally, after 34 episodes, I believe, have come completely clean with each other and told each other exactly what's going on. And it has led to some tense moments. It's going to lead to more tense moments. And there was a situation at the end of the last episode that we streamed, which will be released on Friday, that has set up a surprise story arc for our storyteller, Rob. So, um, yeah, uh, that's the fun of tabletop RPGs. You never know exactly where they're going to go all the time. And this one was definitely an unexpected twist.
0: So funny the way you're describing it to me. And I actually caught the episode recently. So funny that even though, yes, live, you're all sitting around the table as you're experiencing this, I'm picturing in my mind as you're yeah. describing all the action, all of you sitting around in a, like, almost like an AA meeting. You're sitting around yeah. at a chair around <laughs> each other. Yes. Yeah. Yes. My name is Melinda. I'm a bloodsucker and I can't mm-hmm. help it.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, it, it, canonically speaking, Windsor, who is, it, we're at his place in Cairo right now, just to give a little bit of a backdrop for you. And it's the actual round table. Like it's King Arthur's table that we're sitting around as we're telling all of these weird secrets that each character had and you know each character's secret was a little more weird than the last so it was uh interesting to get all of that out on the so table Windsor. yes yes yeah no okay. it's uh that one's been a lot of fun but um, for wizards and wine the wild beyond the Witchlight, we come back to the las vegas table this week um, we had some technical issues with the girls game this past monday from halifax and we just decided to pull the pin on it sometimes it's better to not fight it and take it as a message from the universe that we were not supposed to stream that day that actually gives the vegas table a chance to get caught up with where uh the halifax table is in the story so we're taking that as a small win of what could have been viewed as a catastrophic failure for us this past week but yeah so they wrapped up the uh pixie fighting ring and they are now heading back out into the witch carnival and uh they have big pieces of information coming their way on Monday. So um, I'm getting ready for that to happen. And uh, yeah, everybody's really excited to get into the second chapter.
0: And we'll find out this week, where can you find your shows at? Of course you can find us on popculturecosmos.com.
1: You can find us on the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page, on the Pop Culture Cosmos Twitch channel. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook. Where else are we? TikTok. TikTok couple of other places just search uh vampires in vitae or vamps in vitae and uh wizards and wine and you'll find us
0: there you go indeed please go ahead and check out all the action today at wizards and wine and of course vampires of vitae part of the amazing array of shows don't forget the stuff that dm mitch does during the course of the weekend please go ahead and check out his two great shows that he does each and every weekend plus also as well the demolition force as roger takes out or tries to take out a team of misfits, including myself and Melinda, every now and then, right there every Monday on the Demolition Force at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. My friend, before we head on out, I wanted to go ahead and remind everybody that Reservation Dogs appeared this week on FX, which I think is really a good thing because it's not only a critically hailed show. I've seen a couple episodes; really good show. People got to get into it. It is, as I said before, you know, just a different look at the modern community of Native Americans in the U.S. And also as well, I wanted to go ahead and make sure everybody knows about Prey, which just hit Hulu as a movie. It's, yes, it's a predecessor to what the events went on in the Predator series, and you've seen all the movies I know that came out with the Arnold Schwarzenegger and Predator 2, which I've talked about on the show being one of the first times I've actually heard Dolby stereo in a theater, and I thought that was incredible, and Yes, all the stuff that's come out before and since then, Aliens versus Predator, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But this is a prequel to all the events that you see there because it takes place in the 1700s. But the first, the thing that's so important about this movie is we talk about how important reservation dogs are as far as to the Native American community because it tells and it showcases life as as they know it today and. All the, the good and the bad that comes with it as far as, you know, I think it's a great representation of what they're doing. I think they should just go ahead and keep that show on for like several seasons because it's really good. and It's really worth a good watch. I also want to go ahead and make mention that Prey, it's historic because it's Hollywood's first franchise movie to star in all Native American cast. So this is way long overdue. Should have been something that had been done a long time ago. I know there's been, Indie movies and and other smaller projects, but this is the largest project of its kind featuring an all Native American cast in a movie, and I'm really glad to see it. It's long overdue. No matter what you think of the movie itself, it's long overdue.
1: I I couldn't agree more. And I know there are a lot of actors who are Native American who are also very excited uh, to see things like this happening. It's one of those things that is, as you said, extremely long overdue and about time, and hopefully this kicks open the door for a flood of more entertainment from our Native American friends.
0: Try to watch both *Pray* and also as well Reservation Dogs, but please Reservation Dogs is those series that I think you would really want to get into. It, it, it is a coming of age story as far as these teenage boys that are, you know, in this area of Oklahoma, through all the highs and lows as far as what goes on in life, and I really think that you just got to go ahead and check it out because it gives people a better look at what's going on as far as the, the current status of what the Native American community is going through on a day-to-day basis. Again, both for good and for bad, and I think it takes a, a good look at what's going on with that community. And then also as well with Prey, if you're really into the Predator series, this is a continuation of that, even though it's a prequel. So take a look. Hopefully, you'll enjoy it. But again, a step forward, hopefully, for the Native American community with Season 2 of Reservation Dogs after the highly acclaimed Season 1. And then also Prey, which is now appearing as a movie on Hulu. So please go ahead and check out. In fact, both are going to be on Hulu because it's FX on Hulu. So Reservation Dogs, you can catch that on Hulu as well. So please, if you have thoughts on Reservation Dogs or also as well, Prey, the movie that's now on Hulu, Both are on Hulu. Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. A little bit more to talk about before we head on out, and that's Gen Con and Evo. That's coming this weekend. The biggest conventions going on this weekend. First up is Evo here in Las Vegas. So we'll talk about Gen Con, because I know you've got a lot to say about Gen Con. But that's (laughs) coming up here in a bit. But Evo first, the fighting game consortium that happens each and every year great tournament that, that's being held all the time here in las vegas i know my good friend joe soro who is, appears on the lakers fast break he's going to be here in i guess uh being a part of the evo scene because he has business to deal with there but yes evo is a, a really big thing in the fighting game world is the premier tournament Convention that I see each and every year, the just the fighting games that they deal with, of course, from the Mortal Kombat Street Fighter. I know that this has been bought out by Sony, and the games will be geared more towards Sony's PlayStation platform in the future, as far as basically an advertisement for that. I still think that's kind of a a mistake in the fact that if they don't showcase things on other platforms, they may alienate the community. But your thoughts on the EVO tournament as it lands here. Are you ready for a fight in Las Vegas?
1: I'm as good at fighting games as I am at first-person shooters.
0: Okay. All right. That ended that conversation. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. 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 kidding.
1: You're kidding, but I'm not. I'm so desperately bad at them. So it would be a situation of, and um, I can't remember, I believe it was a comedian who said that maybe at some point with the Olympics, we should have just like your average Joe. Competing in all of the events alongside these Olympians. So you can understand exactly how good and how trained and how hard they've worked to become good at these events. It might just help people kind of quantify, you know, somebody who has spent their life learning to run the fastest possible 100 meters, for example. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is the same situation. Invite me, I'll show up, I will mash on some buttons. Completely fail at the game, but alongside of me, you have the people who have been training, who have been working, who've been putting in the hours, and, um, you know, you'll you'll see just how good they are in comparison to your average schlub, which is me.
0: (laughs) Well, average schlub. Average schlub. (laughs) There you go. I will say that the games list is impressive. It is, yes. But it's not as impressive as it could be because it is missing some things now that it's owned by PlayStation. But again, this is going to be a glorified commercial now for PlayStation. People have got to get over that. People have got to realize that. And let's just deal with it. If Sony is going to be going forward, I really think that they should be more diversifying, but it is what it is. Street Fighter V Champion Edition, Guilty Gear Strive, Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate, Tekken 7, The King of Fighters 15, Melty Blood Type Lumina, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, Grand Blue Fantasy versus Skullgirls Second Encore. They're all PlayStation 4 games. They're all going to be there as far as the competition concerned. the The tournament is there. It is going to be available for streaming all over the place. So please go ahead and check it out. It's going to be something to watch if you're into the fighting game community. It is something there that even though there are again some notable omissions i should put it that way it's still going to be something people are going to have to go ahead and check out if you're part of the fighting game scene because it's so exciting i've actually attended a couple in its earlier days and i really enjoyed my time there i really think that it is deservedly grown into something really large and really special and again getting the fat paycheck from sony to go in there and buy it out you can't blame them for that i mean that's something that they really wanted to go ahead and do. Sony had as far as the strategy is concerned, what better way to market their upcoming fighting games than to go ahead and make sure that it's been presented on as large a platform as possible. And this is definitely one of the largest that you can do it on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We well, want to talk about, you know, talking directly to your P1 consumer. You are in a position like Sony is now. Of course, that's what you're going to do. But I'm curious Gerald what are what are the games that you feel have, have been omitted which ones would if you could put together the perfect tournament what games would be featured
0: Well first off I would go ahead and Mortal Kombat Street mm-hmm. Fighter okay mm-hmm. the latest iterations you definitely got to go ahead and do that Super Smash Brothers. I okay. think that's something that you kind of consider as being part of it with me, Xbox doesn't have that much as far as exclusive fighting games that are out there. But I mean, there there has been some notables. I think that also one thing you got to talk about is something that came out not too long ago, was the multiverses mm-hmm. from WB and WB Games. We talked about HBO Max and Warner Brothers not doing so well. A great way to go ahead for what's going on with WB. They've gotten a lot of press for their free-to-play game multiverses, which you can go ahead and compete with others on a Super Smash Brothers type platform with Batman to Superman to Wonder Woman to Shaggy, Scooby, Velma, Rick and Morty, the entire WB slate of characters. That has been a huge hit as far as free-to-play, as far as WB multiverses. So I think that would have been a great one to go ahead and Showcase as well, but yeah, for the most part, I thought they get most of it right. Guilty Gear, obviously, is something that you would go have to go ahead and showcase as well. I mean, that's Guilty Gear has been a solid fighting game. There's about five to seven standard fighting games that you need to go ahead and showcase each and every year because they're standards by which the rest of the industry has has really counted on. And not all of them are there being represented at Evo, but there's enough to go ahead and say, you know what we got a lot of good things there that go ahead and are represented at Evo.
1: If you have ever thought about coming, come to Vegas. Vegas is a pretty fun town. And when you're not watching some people playing some fighting games, there's tons of other stuff that you can get involved
0: in. Absolutely. So, I mean, there there are some games out there that I think a lot of people would would love to say. I mean, Soul Calibur is another series. The Injustice series, those games have been really good. Tekken is also not a hero as being showcased, mm-hmm. which is kind of a, a little bit of a misstep as well. But I don't know. Killer Instinct is the Xbox exclusive fighter that maybe is thought of in some circles as being a fairly good fighting game as well. So that could have been something that could have been represented. But again, because it's owned by Sony, you're just going to get predominantly Sony exclusives or Sony much beloved fighting games. So that's something you're going to continue to see moving forward. And of course, the big one I think that's not there is Super Smash Brothers. Super Smash Brothers should have been there. I think that's something that's a big miss on their part at Evo. But when you're owned by Sony, you really don't have a choice. It's true. That is true. What are your thoughts out there on the Evo tournament that's hitting this weekend? Are you going to be catching it out there on the streaming landscape? Please let us know. Pop culture Cosmos at yahoo.com. And what is your favorite fighting game? We'd love to hear your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Thanks for checking out the PCC, you know, the Pop Culture Cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Well, before we head on out, a convention I know you would like to go to is also taking place and of all places, each and every year, Indianapolis. The hotbed of the tabletop RPG community. Gen Con 2022, the place to go for tabletop RPG gaming. I know that Every single major manufacturer and even independent manufacturer of tabletop RPGs are there and they're there in in droves to go ahead and show off their wares because this is the major time of the year for the tabletop RPG community. This is when a lot of things for the near future as far as the holidays for gifts and add-ons and expansions and things of that nature for existing games plus new games are being announced time and time again. IPs from other genres being introduced as part of what's going on into a tabletop RPG. Your thoughts on Gen Con before we head on out?
1: Yeah, a little bit annoyed that I'm not there this year. We're passing notes around with everybody that we game with, and uh, we're trying to get a bit of an entourage together to head to Gen Con next year. I, I think it's one of those things where if you are a creator in the tabletop RPG space, It's definitely a place where you need to be. You're going to get a chance to talk to, you know, the people who create, market, sell all of the games that you're playing around the table with your friends. So I I think it's a wonderful opportunity to go and check that out. If you are into tabletop RPGs or not, I think it's a good idea to go because you're going to get exposed to a whole lot of different kinds of games as well. You know, I know that there are some people there who are shopping around like new board games that they've created and and stuff like that. So there's a little bit of variety there, but it is mainly focused on tabletop RPGs. I know that Renegade Games and the World of Darkness for Vampire the Masquerade, uh, Werewolf the Apocalypse, uh, Wraith the Mummy, all of those games, uh, they are there this weekend, killing me that I'm not there to have a conversation with those people and, of course, Wizard of the Coast will be there in spades to make sure that everybody knows what's coming up with D&D. And I'm sure to talk a little bit about the D&D movie. And the rumor may start swirling again about a 6th edition D&D game that we may, our version, edition, I guess is what I'm looking for. But, yeah, we may see that rumor start to pop up again. I feel like a 6th edition is not too far away, and I just don't know that I've seen anything officially announced.
0: Did you say something about D&D and weather coming out recently?
1: Oh, yeah, there was that. So there's a new, I don't know if it's going to be a book or if it's just a new like piece of documentation that you can grab to have a look at. But it refines the rules for weather and temperature in your games, particularly okay. during combat, which is one of those things that... I guess it would depend on how you run your games. I know like Rime of the Frost Maiden*, for example. I know that that one, cold, is a factor through the entire game. I know that when I ran Tomb of Annihilation, the bugs in the jungle and the humidity and going through marshlands and swamplands and, and all of that kind of stuff all played big roles in the game. But the way that I like to DM and the way that the players that sit around my table are... That starts to feel very, very crunchy very, very quickly. I'm not saying that's a bad way to play D&D. Please do you at your table, but that's not going to be something that I'll look at it, I'll read it, but it's not something that I'm going to start to employ at my table.
0: I'm just thinking right now, if they do something like that and it becomes a, a mandatory thing, that
1: mm-hmm.
0: it would drive Roger nuts. I think he would actually throw his computer out the window. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible.
1: But yeah, I mean, you know, if, you're, if your game is running a whole lot of combat and that's where the emphasis is, I think that, you know, adding these rules to your table makes a ton of sense. I don't know how much sense it makes to an RP heavy group to set those rules down when there's already an understanding that you're in a cold place and you need to stay warm and you need to have a fire and you need to figure out how to camouflage the smoke from the fire and, and all of that kind of stuff. But that's... The crunchy that I'm starting to talk about is when you start to get into the practicalities of what your characters are doing in this make-believe world around your table.
0: I'm also interested to see what's going on with Gen Con. All the announcements that they're going to make, all the things that are going to be introduced, all the enhancements and expansions, new games. Everything that's going to be announced as part of Gen Con 2022 because it is the time of the year to be a tabletop RPG fan because it's when all the good things come out, you got to go ahead and be part of the action. Just go ahead and check out Gen Con, whatever you can, all the highlights and whatnot. And if there is anything important, we'll go ahead and post it right on the Facebook page right there at Pop Culture Cosmos right there for you. So if you get a chance, please go ahead and check out our Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page over the next few days. If anything comes up of importance, we'll go ahead and post it right there. But it is Gen Con 2022 in Indianapolis. The biggest time of the year for tabletop RPG action. If you want to go ahead and ask questions on what you would like to see or what you're looking forward to or what the announcements that were made, was there anything really good this weekend that happened at Gen Con? Please let us know. Popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode, but before we head on out. <laughs> 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 We talked about about a month ago about the success of Beavis and Butthead do the universe and how well that got over for Paramount Plus. Yes. Paramount Plus was hiding something in the woods because they said, okay, you like the movie so much. Here's a series that we're going to throw at you. And they threw the first episodes this week right there at Paramount Plus. So you'll be seeing a season a new season, a reborn again series for Beavis and Butthead as Beavis and Butthead returns to life in a full fledged series on Paramount+. Plus. Your thoughts on this, because I think if it's done well and it's done right, like they did Beavis and Butthead do the universe, I think it's a great addition to what Paramount Plus has to offer.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. And, you know, is there ever a time when Beavis and Butthead isn't going to work? Maybe in fifty years, but right now, you well, know, there was a, or
0: about ten years ago, when they tried to reboot it, it didn't work.
1: Right. So I, I, you know, it's just a, a good example of a little bit of timing. Uh, to be, you know, honest, I think that if they had have maybe stuck with it a bit more, uh, it might have worked ten years ago, or perhaps um, maybe we're just ten years, you know. 10 years into missing Beavis and Butthead more so than we were 10 years ago. That didn't make a whole lot of sense. Do you get what I'm going after, though? Like, yes. uh, it's possible that, you know, the people who grew up with Beavis and Butthead now and there <clears throat> are, you know, still reaching out and looking for those touches of nostalgia. It may not be something that their kids have to get or understand, but gosh darn it, it takes us back to a time where we were eating you know fruity pebbles at midnight and watching beavis and butthead
0: (laughs) that we were that we were indeed but it is beavis and butthead the series reborn it is now available on paramount plus go ahead and check it out if you remember them fondly or if you want to hear what your dad or your mom or your uncle or your aunt was talking about as far as way back when when it was a cool series to watch on mtv Go ahead and check it out today. You'll see the modernized version of Beavis and Butthead right now on Paramount Plus. Plus, go ahead and check out the new movie that they made that just came out not too long ago Beavis and Butthead Do the Universe. That'll go ahead and get you up to speed on everything Beavis and Butthead at Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus has actually been on a roll. They are now exceeding, in my eyes, what HBO Max is doing with all the successes that they've had recently with 1883. As much as I like to say that it wasn't a critical success in my eyes, it was still a very watched series in Halo. Of course, yeah. Star Trek, all the Star Trek shows, Discovery, Picard, and of course, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. And now you have Beavis and Butthead Of course, you have the special episodes of South Park that they send over to, to Paramount+. Plus. Paramount Plus is rolling right now, so much so that they've actually improved to 64 million subscribers worldwide. That's a 5.2 million subscriber increase in the last three months. Just amazing numbers. Where everybody is kind of like, eh, they're doing a little bit of increase, or they're kind of faltering behind. They are gaining where everybody's losing. So that's a good sign for Paramount Plus.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's a, I think it's a, an example of somebody who is playing the long game. You mm-hmm. know, we 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 don't need a hundred million subscribers tomorrow. Let's do a slow burn. Let's build this up so that people are more likely to stay with us instead of just being a flash in the pan.
0: What are your thoughts out there on (laughs) (laughs) Beavis and Bunhead as they return to a series of their own on Paramount Plus? Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, now, my friend, it's been a great episode. You've been tremendous as always. From your vacation home, no doubt. Where's that vacation home? Yes. Go (laughs) ahead and show us that vacation home one last time. Let me see if I can even find it again. Hang on. There you go. Okay. The mansion, the vacation mansion right there for you coming up right now. I'm gonna put my
1: mess that I have around me back in focus. Yes, there you go. Oh, there
0: she is. Oh yeah. You're gonna take a dip in the pool after the show. I get that.
1: Yeah. I mean I'm mostly there.
0: Okay. This is me.
1: This is me in my brain imagining myself getting there.
0: So, Melinda, from your vacation home, any yeah. last thoughts before we head on out?
1: Yes, Vampires in Vitae on Sunday is going to be a heck of a show. And I know that after the actions of Helen in the last, like, 10 minutes of our most recent episode, which will come out this Friday. Um, yeah, holy smokes. It, it's, it's going to bring about a very sticky, possibly very scary, possibly even deadly situation for our characters.
0: Very, very sticky indeed. So I'm looking forward to seeing that episode coming up this weekend. Go ahead and catch the live viewing at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. Also podcast by Melinda. Go ahead and check out that Facebook page. You're going to see a lot of great action, including what I share from that page. The action right there as far as Wizards and Wine, while Beyond the Witchlight, an excellent game. So go ahead and check that out today right there at Pop Culture Cosmos and podcast by Melinda as well. Coming up Monday, Josh and I will be back covering what happened this weekend at the box office, plus looking ahead, maybe even start even talking about the prequel, Game of Thrones. That's coming up in the not-too-distant future, so maybe we'll start sharing some thoughts and ideas on that, and of course, everything that's going on in the world of pop culture. Just truly appreciate everyone out there checking us out, whether you're watching, whether you're listening. We cannot thank you enough for being part of the PCC Multiverse. So, for Melinda Barkhouse-Ross, this is Gerald Glasswood. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC Multiverse. Thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day.